44. So as we, oh, that bug's going to bug me. All right, let's hope the fly. All right, let's pray together. Uh, So Lord Jesus, you know um, what will distract us. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you will help us through whatever distractions we might have, including flies that fly around our heads while we preach. Uh, We pray that uh, more importantly, uh, once the distractions are gone, that we will receive that you will help us, Holy Spirit, to understand, just as Jesus helped the disciples to understand the deep truths of the scriptures. And so as we hear this story today about a particular incident that continues to reverberate with repercussions around the world, help us to understand truly what it means to be blessed by you and to be blessings in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So hear the word of the Lord from Luke 24, beginning at verse 44. So this is Jesus speaking. He's just appeared. He's just proven he's not a ghost because he's eaten some fish. And he's talking to his disciples. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in the name, in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany. And lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him. And returned to to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. This is the word of the Lord. So the word that's repeated three times in this text. Blessing, blessing, blessing. Blessing, blessing, blessing. That the last act in his earthly body before ascending into heaven, in fact, while he is ascending into heaven, which is also for our good, is to bless his people with purpose. Jesus lifts his hands and blesses them. And the response of God's people, God's disciples, is to be filled with joy, to return to the temple and bless God with worship. Blessing, 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 blessing. The heavenly worship that is a blessing of God turned back to him eternally is also given to the church on earth to receive God's blessing and to return God's blessing in worship with joy. And waiting to receive power from the Holy Spirit so that we might do 
what he means for us to do. Now, blessings has become a bit of a cliche almost. We say, God bless you when you sneeze. I had uh, plans to share with you some pictures of blessings that hang on the wall at my house, but technology did not cooperate. One is a home blessing that a mentor gave to me. Another is a gift that one of you gave to me for my home. Another is a, a blessing that I've written or over the door of my house so that when my guests come and go, they can see a blessing of, of love and belonging and purpose. But words of blessing are not the thing or the only thing that Jesus has in mind. That the picture of scriptural blessing is much bigger than a placard that hangs on the wall or a gift that we can buy at the Christian bookstore or a Bible verse meme that we can put online. Blessing is much richer and deeper In fact, some of the verbs for blessing in Scripture mean to to lay hands upon or to bend the knee in order to bless, to receive in a humbled position, or to serve someone else. Blessings, blessings, blessings. And that is the work of Christ at his ascension, when he ascended, when he went up from earth to heaven. And he says to his disciples before he does this, he helps them to understand how all of Scripture has been caught up. Everything that they've been told is about the Messiah has been fulfilled in him. That even the work of blessings, which is the work of Scripture and God's plan for us to be blessings, has been fulfilled in him. So I couldn't decide how to structure my sermon this week, so we're just going to use a couple of quotes from uh, much better preachers than I about this topic. And the first is from a Reverend Eusto Gonzalez, whose commentary I've been using for all of our Luke sermons. And he says and helps us to see the grandness of this act, this moment when Jesus ascends into heaven, that the ascension of Jesus to the right hand of God, as the creed of the apostles declares, is no less than the culmination of the gospel story and the beginning of the fulfillment of that for which humankind was created. Because when Jesus ascended into heaven, he took with him this body that he came to earth in, this human body, that the mystery of the incarnation, when the second person of the Trinity took on flesh and became one of us, that one of us is in heaven now with his body because he's resurrected. It's not a body that lays in a, in a coffin in the ground. It's not a body whose cremains will need to be resurrected from the ashes. It is the body of humanity now in the presence of the triune God, now in the throne room of the creator who made it, the savior who saved it, and the spirit of God who gives it life. And because of that, and because Colossians 3 tells us, our lives are hidden 
with Christ in God. Christ who is seated at the right hand of God. We begin to know the fulfillment of our purpose, which is to be with God and enjoy him forever. The blessing of God's presence is given to us, guaranteed to us, promised to us. And how do we know? Because Jesus has fulfilled all of those other promises. Some of those promises were not so great, were they? That the Messiah was going to come and suffer for us. That he would die. And then he would rise again. Which he did on the third day. And that we would wait to receive more of his promises. Jesus says, along with those things that I have fulfilled, I will also fulfill the Father's promise to you, which we know is the sending of the Holy Spirit. And because we see all of these things that Jesus has already blessed us with, in his body, in his soul, in his heart, in his mind, in his whole being, we trust and know this to be true too. For Christ is in heaven interceding for us to know and fulfill and live into God's fulfilled purpose for us of enjoying him forever. And how do we enjoy God forever in the here and now? Jesus tells us in this story of what he told the disciples and continues to tell his people that we are witnesses to the things of God. And when scripture talks about being a witness, in particular in the New Testament, it is a witness to and a witness of. Meaning these are not just things that we saw, but these are things that we experienced and continue to witness to by how we show them in our lives. It is a richer witness than just recounting a story. It is living a story. We are witnesses to God's blessings, and then we live God's blessing, returned to him through love of God in our worship and through love of neighbor through our service. And we proclaim the truth of God. What does he say? Proclaim repentance. That word metanoia, which means transformation. It's not just about our sin but are changing because of God's blessings and the forgiveness of sins to all the nations of the world in the name of the one who is God's blessing, who is the one who has done and been the blessing. And then tells us to be that blessing. So we follow Christ just as the disciples followed Christ. We follow Christ and he leads them to Bethany where he blesses them and they receive that blessing. And then they go to the temple and worship and bless God. In the Gospel of Luke, we started the story 
and the temple. With the priest Zechariah and the birth of John the Baptist, whose message was repent. And here we are again with the message of repent and worship in the temple. Isn't that great? That there is something powerful about us being together in this time of worship that roots us in the blessings of God. And we see in the gospel throughout the stories of both the parables that we'll look at this summer and in Mary's song, which is also at the beginning of the gospel, that what Jesus understands to be blessings are these great reversals where the high are brought low and the low are lifted up where people come to understand that the fulfillment of the way of God is to lay down all that they have worked so hard for so that they can receive from him. That he is truly the one who is the savior of the world. And not just that local savior, but the, la- the Savior of the world. Because as Jesus is lifted up, it's as though the reach of his blessing broadens, widening the scope from just the disciples that he spent those years with to all of Jerusalem and eventually to the corners of the earth because of God's command. In a sense, the ascension puts into emotion the beginnings of the church, a group of fitful and faithful folks working together in the absence of of the one who brought them together in the first place. Do you see yourself as part of the fitful and the faithful whom God has brought together even though he's not here physically among us anymore? We are the nations gathered together in the name of Jesus. Brought together to continue that work of those first fitful and faithful few. Over the last number of weeks, it's not in this text, but over the last number of weeks, I've been reading again some of these end, end of the time of Jesus' ascension, those 40 days between Easter and the ascension. And I love, I just, I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit told the truth through the people who wrote these words about the disciples having both doubt and joy and being perplexed and believing how they're just this mix of trying to understand and make sense of what God has done and is doing and where they fit in. And how God continues to be commanding them with purpose, gently reminding them by these truths and these blessings that we don't have to have it all together. That's what it means to be fitful. That we can be fitful and faithful simultaneously. Because that is trusting in the blessing of God and choosing to return that blessing to him. And this is not new, my friends. Think of Adam and Eve in the garden. They were told to to be fruitful, to multiply, and to care for the earth. To bless the world that God had given them. Because it was a blessing to them. God didn't have to create us, and yet he did. Or think of Abraham and Israel, where God says, Who you bless, I will bless. Who you curse, I will curse. Go to a land you know not of. 
be a blessing because you have been blessed. Blessed to be a blessing. Or think of Christ, who is the God of love incarnate. The image of the invisible God given to us to know what it means to be a walking, talking, breathing beatitude. Blessing in the world. And think of us who know that our lives are hidden with Christ in God. Who, to be able to proclaim what Jesus has told us to proclaim in this scripture today, must believe in the complete forgiveness of sins. Must know to wait for the Holy Spirit to come and clothe us in Christ's power. To be people of repentance who not only confess our sins, but seek to be transformed by him. And who proclaim the loving God in word and deed, doing all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who receive the great reversal blessings of our Savior and become great reversal blessings in the world who respond to all that God has done and is doing in the world with gratitude and worship, blessing our God by blessing him in worship as well as worship indeed. And to live, to live the heaven that we know is happening right now in heaven here on earth. To live the future new heaven and new earth as much as we are able. To know that when Jesus went from this place and blessed us to be the body of Christ here on earth, the idea was for us to always remember that what we do in this world is as though Jesus was doing it. That is the gift Not just the responsibility, but the gift that he's given us. Because he promises his spirit for that work. And we'll end with N.T. Wright, one of the best preachers of our time. The great empires of the world, as Napoleon said in a moment of candor, depend on force. They have come and they've gone. And the ones that now exist will follow in their turn. These kingdoms make fear and death their weapons, and they themselves die when the fear they have generated turns into a violent rebellion. Jesus, though, at his ascension when he went to the throne of God, was given by the creator God an empire built on love, because God is love. As we ourselves open up our lives to the warmth of that love, receive the blessing, we begin to lose our fear. And as we begin to lose our fear, we begin to become people through whom the power of that love can flow out into the world around that so badly needs it. Receive the blessing to become the blessing. That is an essential part 
of what it means to follow Jesus. And as the power of that love replaces the love of power, so in a measure, anticipating the last great day, God's kingdom comes and God's will is done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Let's pray together. Yes, Lord, we truly do want to see your kingdom come. That this change that you brought in the way that we would be at the ascension, this change that you did by leaving us and promising your spirit to come to us, by leaving us so that we would become you here on this earth. We know, we know we are not up to the task, but we humbly accept your call. We continuously come to receive your blessings in this place on Sundays, every day in our lives. May we not hoard your blessings inside of us, but understand that now as we seek to follow where your spirit guides us, as we serve you, Jesus, the head of our church, the head of the church, as we seek to be your hands and your feet and your heart and your eyes in this world, as we seek to be agents of your love, who know forgiveness of sins, who know what it means to repent and take on the new life and the new clothing of Christ in all things. May we turn your blessings into blessings. May we become the blessings that you give to others. May we know deeply that the well will never run dry. So that we give selflessly in service, in word, in deed, as an outpouring of your overwhelming blessing of love and grace and mercy and peace to this world. May we be wellsprings of your joy and all of the other fruit of the Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.